you got to be home with your kids. You got to talk to your kids. You know, if you're home bringing home the money, paying the bills, that's great and all. But if you don't talk to your kids and try and have some <clears throat> passion in teaching them about life, that's one of my biggest passions is, is teaching the kid. Sunny days, sun diesel, son of the sun, son of man, son of God, deeply embedded in the flesh. Man, this is a man's world. Man being a two-part being male and female, you dig? This is Tell Me The Truth, the podcast. I am your host, as I have told you, Sunny Days, and we are in here to shed light on the situation. This is... Kind of a special day. This is episode 10. We got 10 in a row out. I'm actually recording this one Monday morning. I had a real fun family filled weekend. Just hanging out with the kids and the fam and just kind of did not get around to editing the podcast. But I guarantee you, you'll have it before 12 o'clock. It's 9.06 now. This is live. So here we go. This is episode 10. Guy talk with my man, Kale. He came down and visited me. I think me and him got our start in the electronics career uh, at the exact same place. Got married around the same time. Started families right around the same time. So just a good friend of mine. We've been friends for almost a decade now. So we just got up, you know, and just chatted about stuff guys chat about, you know, put it all out there. So last episode, by the way, was pretty awesome with Raw 6. I'm telling you, the first day it came out, it got 150 views just on the page, which for my little simple podcast or our simple podcast is kind of a big deal. So, hey, you can't beat that. Um, So anyways, we're going to get right into this episode so we can get it out there. This is episode 10, Guy Talk with my man, Kale. We just go through it, chop it up. And let me drop my links. Don't can't forget about the links. Hit me up at www.tellmethetruth-podcast.com. That has the links to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes. All of that is already on there. So just come to the page, link up with us, 
get on the contact list, become a truth teller. We always sending out updates and stuff on upcoming events on artists we do stuff with and stuff that we're doing as a show and as a company. Also, check out E Youngin on Sky High TV. I know he got at least one episode out. You know, he got the thing going on at Sky High TV. Go to his episode, episode four, Rocky Mountain High. Get all his links and check out all the episodes and stuff. So you know where we at. You know what we do. You know last episode was raw. This one is finna be tight too. So without no further ado, with my man Kale, we have episode 10, Guy Talk. Let's get it. I'm thinking about the good old days and how quick they slip away. But I'm gonna be fine, I'm gonna be fine, I'm gonna be alright. Slide it up and let it roll. Let it burn real slow. Cause we all know it's gonna be I never had the question of how. I was just like, that ain't gonna be me. Okay, I don't wanna do that. Yeah, it, I, like, I didn't care how it happened, you know, because I saw, I lived with, and she wasn't a crackhead, but, you know, you get she too far. She had a chemical dependency. Yeah, you get too far down the alcohol realm, man. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, they said that's the worst crack. one to get off of, because that one will drop you. Yeah, the DTs. That, will, that and uh, opium. Yeah, the DTs will put you in ICU. You know, that ain't you nothing know. nice. But that's an example of growing up in a situation because a lot of people say, oh, alcoholism is genetic, which I don't know if that's true because if you're never exposed to it, you won't be an alcoholic and it doesn't matter about your genes. You um, got the addict gene. It may not be alcohol. But, but it's the addict gene. Yeah, I got, yeah. Um, I know I have the compulsive gene. Oh, like yeah? Once I get interested in something, it's happening. I do that. But it's not a bad thing. It just makes me accomplish a lot of goals. (laughs) You know, like I was interested in a podcast. Boom. I was interested in the juice. Boom. Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu. Boom. It's just like, you know, make a hip-hop album. Boom. Yeah. The thing of it is I don't don't always hold on to them. Like I made an album. Boom. Pushed it. Boom. Did the band. Boom. So it ended up. Did your mom used to give you shit about that when you were a kid? You're like, you never finish anything or you never stick with anything. No, because she would. Hell no. She would just say, you better finish that. I'm a... Courtney, if you don't get that motherfucking trash out of here. <laughs> That's all she cared about uh, was the garbage. You come home. What, Do whatever no, else you, you, you sweat want. the flow? You sweat the flow? Yeah, my I sweat the flow. What the fuck is this piece of paper doing here that I saw this morning when I left? Attention to detail. Yeah, so she wasn't, it wasn't a, you don't finish stuff. It's like, you better finish this shit right now. It's just, and I think it was because I was a dude. And it was like, I think her thing was, is the time old tale of the black woman in America raising this boy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm raising this boy and I'm terrified all fucking, she was a police officer now, so you have to realize she sees the good, the bad, and the ugly of what can happen. Constantly. Constantly. So she's like, I'm, I don't, I'm terrified of this guy becoming what I see every day at work. Right. So I think she was sort of harder on me in certain ways than my sisters and more lenient in others, you know, but she definitely made sure that I could take care of myself. Like, you will know how to clean. You will know how to cook. You will not be a sorry man. I will kill you before I let you become sorry. <laughs> That's what... <laughs> Literally, I mean, verbatim. It's kind of a stretch, but, like, I wanted to ask you about that today was... We both have sons. Yeah. And mine's uh, about to be four. Okay. And yours is six, or five and five, a half. About five, five and six. a half. And you've got a daughter already who yep. is two? Two, two and a half. Okay. 
um, my daughter's due in December. What so, day? Uh, the 28th. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I'm the, 11, I'm the 11th. My mom's the 31st. Okay. Well, her due date's the 31st, but they scheduled a C-section. Okay, for the, the 28th. 28th. Yeah. Which, if anybody has the opportunity, I highly suggest scheduling a c-section because you can plan your time off and yeah. family gets the hotel like <laughs> a lot less a lot less traumatic yeah, too it's great but i was going to ask you like what was the biggest thing you noticed like the difference between your boy and your girl testosterone and estrogen yeah <laughs> yeah okay. because those hormones even the micronic amounts that exist in their little bodies make a difference and i'm here to tell you that um, it's a lot of this stuff coming out with the transgender stuff. I'm not going to go deep down that rabbit hole on this show, but this is what I will say. I don't gender push on my kids. Right. You know? Yeah. I just let them do what they want to do. We have dolls. We have trucks. We have everything. If my son was playing with a doll, I don't care. If she's playing with a truck, I don't care. I don't encourage them to play with anything. I just, we have a bunch of shit. But I notice she more so Plays with dolls and mothers them. Yeah. He more so tears shit up. <laughs> At the same time now, she's not just the pushover because she terrorizes his ass too. At two, she's the boss. Is like she? Like for real. Oh, she like, runs him? She runs the show. Like he'll be asking her to do shit. And she tell Courtney, you need to come in here. Court, you need to come sit down and eat. She sound like Nikki or does she sound like you? Oh, uh, I don't know. Because I don't know what I sound like. When I listen to these podcasts, I'm like, who in the fuck is that? I know. Your I, voice I'm, sounds different outside I, your I'm head. I'm terrified to listen to this episode because I don't want to hear my own voice. Because it doesn't sound like me to me. And that's everybody. Yeah, it's I just, guess. I think it's because it res- you're listening to it, but it's resonating from outside your head, too. And yeah. you're getting the bounce back. Whereas and then when you hear it from here, it's just coming at you. Plus, I got a big fucking head. So, like, it that's a lot of like, resonation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of resonation. That's like a really good guitar. It changes the entire <laughs> tone of my voice. Very well and stuff. But I would definitely say that my daughter is more of a girl and my son is more of a boy. Yeah. You know, well, I, my son growing up, they have other people. I We don't do this. I feel like we're kind of like similar in parents. I've never even been around you and your son for an extended period of time, but we talked a lot when we worked together years ago. And I was like, man, this we sound like we line up on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we don't do the gender push or anything. And man, I tell you, like people hang out with with my kid, and they're like, all oh boy, and like that phrase comes up. Oh yeah, we never say that. We're just like, it's our son. Yeah, it is what it is. But he's all boy, man. Trains, trucks, tractor. And, is he yeah. high energy? Yeah, yeah, he's got good energy. He's uh, he's not like hyperactive, you know. I don't foresee prescribing him drugs <laughs> in the next six weeks. He won't be diagnosed. <laughs> but uh, he, yeah, he's he's all boy. He likes running around. Uh, trains, man. He'll sit on YouTube. Oh, you know, we get him a, a tablet. Mm-hmm. And he just navigates train videos. Yeah, this is like micro machines or mighty machines. Uh, no. They're just like actual train videos. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what that is. Yeah. It's like those old 80s ones where it's like, this is the conductor, and they talk about trains and cars. No, dude. And like, it's and... just straight up a train. Oh. There's oh. no people. There's no it's words. Just watching trains. It's just wah, wah, <laughs> Just the train Just going. a train driving <laughs> by nah. for like an hour. Oh, wow. It's, it's not a documentary. It's just a train. Th- there's nothing. Going on tracks <laughs> and scenery. <laughs> and he loves it. Sits there just, yeah. You know, fascination. It's a, it's a fascination. I, I don't know how to feed that. You know, now, encourage it, but 
Now that brings me to something that I'm navigating now, and we're the first parents who've ever had to navigate this. Yes. Fucking screen time, man. Yeah. And what type of screen time? Because my son got into Minecraft by himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ooh. And I didn't even know what Minecraft was until he got into it. You're like, what's this old ass video game? <laughs> yeah. And then the guy that sits next to me at work says his son likes it too. And they listen to this guy with this Australian or British accent oh. play Minecraft. And we had to stop it because they say adult shit sometimes. You know, not horrible adult stuff, but just stuff you don't want your. You know, your five-year-old saying, oh, that's a butthead move. And it's like, where the fuck did you so, learn butthead from? So here's here's where we differ. I've got a 14-year-old stepson. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, he, obviously he's been into video games for years. Uh, just because that's what boys do. He, uh, <clears throat> he started out, he found the Minecraft on his own, but he was like, you know, 9, 10. So it's not okay. as, as surprising. But he... Uh, He's introduced me to this realm, and I'm not sure if you're even fully aware of it yet, but, like... It's a world. It's a world. Like, not just in the video game, but now, kids don't even necessarily play video games. My son hasn't played video games in weeks. He's had great situations, but he still watches people play video games on YouTube. Yeah. He showed me this for the first that's time. What, that's like what I year, I was like, what are you watching? Oh, this guy's playing video games. I'm like, so you're, you're watching, watching someone play video games? It's just changed. But this is it. You just hit it. Mind you, my son just started elementary school this year. He started doing all this shit this summer. So this was unfiltered by anybody else because it was just us. You didn't know. And I would look at what he was doing and he watches people play games probably as much as he actually plays them. If not more. The percent, if not more. And I was just like, it went from playing games to watching people play games. And you're right, because there's something called Twitch. I don't yeah. know if you ever heard of Twitch, but yeah. people get paid to play games, yeah. and I think they just take the videos and put them on YouTube. Yes. Well, the YouTube uh, channels or people, whatever these guys are called, like they make they make, make millions. Money. Millions. From sponsors probably and shit. And their teenagers are 21 years old. Yeah. So I was just like, is he watching somebody play a game? But now watch this. When he plays games, he talks. Yeah. Like, he talks like the people talk, so he's constantly narrating. Well, does playing. he have a headset? No, he just talks out loud. <laughs> now, well, that's the next step. I mean, yeah. he's he's, he's uh, imitating what he's seeing, what he's but seeing. then he's also... Going to want to interact. He's going to go, hey, I need a headset, because I can talk to... To the people. Yeah. I mean, you so know, that's a, it's a form of, is it better than our video games, where it was just, is me, and, me playing by myself, or me and you sitting side by side playing? Well, it's generational, because think, our parents would have said to us... We grew up playing football, but now you guys are playing a football video game. How you know because it shifted. Evolved. It's evolved because it went from playing football to now we play football, but we played Tecmo Bowl too, right? <laughs> Correct. Tecmo. I'm gonna take it back. We played Tecmo Bowl too, <laughs> Super Tecmo Bowl. Um, so now it's evolved from playing football, playing Tecmo Bowl, uh, NFL 2K or whatever, to 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 playing Blitz. football and Blitz. Can't forget Blitz. Those oh. crazy ass tackles, boom, backflips. Put that shoulder down, do, 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 run over people. Oh my yeah. God. So now it's we play sports, we play video games, but now we actually like to watch people play video games, which I was never into that because you just want your next turn. I, I feel like we're at the age where we're feeling the generational shift. And, you know, the video games are changing, the world is changing. You know, yeah. like you didn't want to get into the transgender 
Uh, well, let's get hole. into it. I, we don't have to get too into okay, it, but well, I do have. I, I did want to tell you this. Tell um, me this. I I grew up in a small rural town, and I always felt like I was progressive. Okay, because there there would there'd be there'd be gay. And kids. it's not hard to be progressive out there. <laughs> no, yeah, it's <laughs> so hard. No means <laughs> it's not very difficult to be progressive. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it, well, it's difficult actually to be progressive, yeah. but it's not difficult to look progressive or to be categorized as it yeah you, you're typically called like a poser or preppy or some shit like that okay you know the you know the genres in high school you yeah remember those um but there was gay kids and i had no problems other people did and it was outwardly you know yeah and i, I just kind of was always like man what who cares like this guy or girl like they got a preference yeah it like, doesn't affect who you who cares now fast forward fast forward this whole Jenner thing, I see it, and I don't like. I don't understand it. Like okay. I, I, I don't have any problems with it. Like if somebody wants to do it, but it's like, you, you're straight, you're gay, but then there's like these people who are like, well, I'm a dude, but I'm actually a woman who's a lesbian because I still like women with a dick. Yeah. So <laughs> here's <not>. my. So <laughs> here's my thing. Here's my thing, and I'm gonna be, and everybody that know me know. Here's my thing. I think you should do whatever the fuck you want to do as long as you're not hurting somebody. Absolutely. With that being said, (laughs) with that being said, which means I don't care if you want to be transgender. I don't care if you want to cut up your clitoris and turn it into a dick, chop off your dick, turn it into a pussy. If that's what you want to do, that makes you happy, do that. Yes. But here is some things I would like to put out there, and I don't consider this hate speech. But you tell me, if I say that I feel that I have nine fingers... But there are 10 of them on my hands. And I say, I need to cut one of these motherfuckers off. Because I feel like I have nine fingers. And this doesn't work for me. So I schedule to get my finger removed. Because I feel like I'm a nine-fingered man. They will say, Courtney, you have a mental disorder. You have some kind of body dysmorphia. Your mind is not understanding that you have 10 fucking digits, man. So I'm not trying to say transgender people have gender identification disorder, which was a mental disorder until not too long ago. Six I think. weeks ago, I think. Some Eight shit weeks. like that. <laughs> when they released the DSM and they took uh, they took it out as a diagnosis. And I'm not saying it should or should not be a diagnosis. I'm saying it sounds like a hell of a good explanation because it's called gender identification disorder, meaning you do not identify with your gender. So if you have a penis hanging and you say, I don't feel like it should be there. If I don't feel like my foot should be there, if I don't feel like my ear should be there, why does the penis, why it's is okay the penis, to cut that off. The, why is it okay to cut your <laughs> dick off? That's all I'm saying. And then I'm not trying to be mean about it. And I want, I'm all my listeners, if you know it's transgender person that want to come in and talk a gay person, I'm not trying to attack y'all. Right, Make right. me understand. Cause I'm not a gay, my, um, my auntie was Timmy, auntie Timmy, auntie Ricky. <laughs> And that's who, ask my mom. I'm going to have my mom on here. She will tell you my favoriteest people on earth as a child was Auntie Timmy. Okay? <laughs> Aunt Period. Timmy. And I remember when I found out Timmy was a boy. Cried my eyes out. I was like, Timmy's a boy? you a goddamn lie. Here's the other thing. Like, we don't have to understand it. You know? We don't have to understand. But, I, but here's my thing. I I don't want to be a person. Okay, put it this way. If you have a person that say black people and white people shouldn't date. I can go talk to this person and say, well, this is my life. This is my situation. They may not understand it and agree with it, but they can see where I'm coming from living my lifestyle in an inter, inter-ethnic, because I don't believe in races, in an inter-ethnic relationship. Right. Okay? So all I'm saying is, is that 
And I'm not saying I have to understand it and this and that, but I'm a minor public persona. And there may be other people out there that want to know, bring me there. I, I feel like you're probably in the same boat as me. It's like you probably came, well, you came from Bradenton. Yeah. And, you know, you were probably a little like out out in front when it was forward thinking yeah. for that well, area. I was a black guy in the hood. So I was, and I talked like this, which is normal to me, but man, was when you're from like then, a dirty was. south hood area. Uh, Oreo, white boy. Oh yeah, you got all that. Shit, all that you? shit, you yeah. know, black on the outside, so you white were, on the inside. You, you, were, you were similar. I mean, uh, different, but similar. Fucking highly picked on, Urkel. But, yeah, but now you're you're kind of like, well, same boat, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> what yeah. to think. What to think? Well, here's my thing. Okay, and I said all that, guys. Here's my issue. I don't like being told to call a person with a dick a she. Cause I feel like that's disrespectful to my mama, my and, and there, I don't know if I was raised by a whole bunch of women. I got a song called Queen. I'm gonna put it up on the website. I was raised by some strong, that's a good song. I strong that song. ass women who got it done. Yes, you know who went through shit as women, their whole life as women. So if you're trying to tell me a guy can all of a sudden say oh, I'm a woman, but I still have, like Caitlyn Jenner, prime example. I still have a dick. I'm still trying to fuck chicks, but I'm a woman. Call me she. And this is like, man, you just disrespecting my mama. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying I have a problem with him saying that. I'm saying if I say if I walk up to a person and I'm like, "How you doing, bro?" and they take offense, yeah, it's like then I'm like, "Well, fuck you," because I take offense that you're trying to put yourself on the queen emperor status as my mama, right? And my sisters, and my aunties, and my grandma. You out of your fucking mind? <laughs> you know, I, I don't think you'll run into a lot of those people. Who, Not in Florida. <laughs> well, that that came from like a healthy upbringing. Yeah, and you know, I I think there's uh, I mean Jenner specifically, like that guy's. Well, that's that Kardashian shit. Those girls fuck up whatever they touch. Oh my god, that poor bastard, dude. But here's what scares me. Okay, and I say that to say this: the scary part is, is that the media and the popular culture is trying to say, if you don't just accept this new reality without questioning, it's sort of like religion. If you just don't accept it without questioning it. You're a bigot. You're a racist. You're a transphobe. Yeah, and it's like, hold up, bro. I'm trying to guilt you into submission. Guilt you into submission. Yeah. And I'm like, I just think we should slow down for a minute. Let's talk about it. And say that it's not a trigger if I call. Because, you know, have you? I know you listen to Rogan. So you always see him talk about how they don't want you to even use his and her anymore. Oh, and they're making up words like, yeah, like sure. Sure and shit. <laughs> so the reason it hurts me is because we have kids. Yeah. So what is sex ed going to be when my son is in high school? Uh, who knows, man. You know, I so mean, it's like, do I have to be sound like Archie Bunker when he gets home and be like, son, that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, fuck that shit. Don't listen to that. You know. But that's the point. You have to be at home to talk to You have him. to be at home to that's, talk. That's what this is all about. You got to be home with your kids. You got to talk to your kids. You know, if you're home, bringing home the money, paying the bills, that's great and all. But if you don't talk to your kids and try and have some passion and teaching them about life that's one of my biggest passions is is teaching the kid yeah you got a teenager now so he's like right in life he does not want to hear that shit oh my god he doesn't want to hear anything he seems so laid back i haven't seen him in years he is laid back he's laid back if he sees you man you'll be like you'll give me compliments but how old is he he's 14 okay a lot of testosterone it's just like he's sweating it out. <laughs> he's like staying in the sheets with testosterone. But here's the thing. 
step well first of all like the step parent child situation is one of the most difficult things i've ever had to go through period. is he pretty cool with i mean is it pretty it seems like from the outside in it's pretty cool well that's what it is with everyone else he's cool but me and him we yeah. got we got stuff we got to work it's with. always gonna be that too just because that little dna gap yep. you know it, it's a big deal the way i always like like tell people is like he smells different and that that sounds weird initially but you know, like in the animal world, like you can you can identify your son, right? Like, yeah. Can you? Can you? Yeah. And that sounds a little and, weird, but, but can you, you smell your son? Like, you smell your yeah, that's him. If you your know, eyes were closed, you you'd identify him. You just said something that's so deep. You're a parent. I'm going to ask you this: Do you ever smell your kids' faces? Of their hair? Yeah. You just inhale them. Yep. yep. Absolutely. I do that shit all the time, uh, especially like more when they're younger. I don't do it to my son as much, but I catch myself. It's almost like I'm taking hits of their aroma because I would just like put yeah, my man. nose on my daughter's face and just. And just breathe it in. It's and relaxing. that's like, you don't really smell anything. But I think the pheromones and the stuff that come off of them. Because I even learned in the birthing class that shit, when a baby breastfeeds, their saliva goes into the nipple and sends a signal to the woman's brain to make the exact milk dosage and the nutrients in the milk that they need. And you know when a baby cries, the milk runs. So I think it's just something about it, man. But like you said, they don't. It, like when you take that whiff and it's not your DNA. Some part of your brain can sense it. It's like yeah. that, the, the pheromone isn't there exactly. I mean, how many animals in the in the kingdom? That sounds kind of corny, but how, how many animals like when the male comes into the new, like the lion comes into the new pride, takes over all the females, it kills the other ones, man. Because it's you a know, DNA thing. It's a DNA thing. Like there's like there's a balance. There's a there's a relationship there that we can't see or identify. Mm-hmm. And and being a step parent, I think is. Probably one of the hardest things that you can do, you know, provide for someone else's child because there's that DNA gap. There's the uh, the rift that I don't understand. I've never been a stepchild. Okay. So, so I don't understand okay. his perspective. Well, we, we talk about that a little yeah. bit. You you got that? Yeah, I have a stepdad, but I was 15. So it was just like. So it came later. It was like I was president and I got moved over to CFO and he was CEO, but. Oh, so he just like he slid you down a little bit, but still yeah, paid you. Yeah, it's like he never really told me what to do. It was just like, hey, hey, you know. I've been around since he was five. Yeah. So once we decided to get married, that's when it naturally kind of changed. I didn't make a decision to move into the disciplinarian role or you know take the alpha status or whatever, but uh, it happened, and that's when it started. You know, a little bit of a clash started uh. happening, and you know he's. He's very understanding for for a fourteen year old. You know, he understands that I do things for him that he doesn't receive from you know the biological. Yeah. So he appreciates that as much as he can as a fourteen year old. I don't know what what we actually recall from our years of being a teenager, but I'm sure it was pretty unappreciative in general. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And just just downright terrible. And I think too being disciplined at that age was not you know what i'm saying not like, you don't want you don't because i know i like i said i had a step parent and but i knew but my dad was around he paid child support he was available i mean you know he was sour because he had to pay all that money so we didn't see him as much as we could have but i could go to his house at any point in time and see my dad you right. know within bicycle distance so i knew for a fact you're not my dad you don't motherfucking tell me what to do yeah and i'm not a bad you don't discipline me because I'm just as big as you. Now, we never had that specific talk. 
but it was just you felt like it was there the understanding yeah, was yeah there. and i wasn't a quote-unquote bad kid and my mom can handle me so i mean we never had that relationship of he is my stepdad and i respect him as my stepdad you know because i'm a father and i get it but as a kid it was just like that's jerry and I'm Courtney, yeah. and you're not my dad. And but yeah. we never had an issue because he never tried to discipline. Well, he didn't. He didn't bring you from five to fifteen. Yeah, he didn't bring. He just kind of walked yeah. down. I was like, eh, now him and my sister. You'll she be was gone seven. in a couple years, so you're good. Yeah. Now my sister <laughs> was seven when he came in the picture, and they have a very emotional relationship. Very love, different. Love hate relationship. This moment, you hate each other guts. The next moment, y'all laughing. But I didn't get that because I was already raised pretty much. Once you get to 14, 15, the kids quit listening to you. Yeah. So you're, you you held your son six. You got you got about, you know, seven years Yeah, left. this is the glory period right here. Oh, yeah. Because that two to three is like fucking craziness, man. They start talking and saying no and shit and going yeah. crazy. And then he hit that four to that four to five. He started to mellow out real nice. Oh, I'm excited for so that. So I'm having the nice mellow down. And then I know at about 10 or 11, it's going to ratchet back up. It starts about 10 and it does ratchet up. Because right now he's so much easier to handle than my daughter. Like you can take him anywhere, do anything with him. Her, it's going to be, it's going to be drunk. So when we, when we first worked together, you, uh, <clears throat> this is before Courtney was even born. Yeah, this is back when I was this Lowski, the single guy. Yeah, yeah. No, you were, you were okay. married. I was in, I was married. Yeah, I don't, oh. I haven't known you since you were, you've oh. always been married since oh, we've known shit. each other. Oh, shit, wow. I mean, I mean, it was probably fresh. Yeah, yeah, that was fresh off the boat, Mary. And she was actually pregnant when, when, uh. Yeah, yeah. But you're, uh, you said something that for whatever, you know, somebody say something that just sticks with you forever. Yeah. You said, we were talking about kids having kids. We wanted to have kids. We weren't there yet, but you guys were like on the cusp. And you said that you were of the mindset that children should be seen, not heard. I want to know how that's changed. I'm still of that mindset. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing: it's hard. I have it's hard for me to enforce that mindset <laughs> because the way it was enforced on me was by brute fear, and I'm trying not to do that because I understand that when children are put in fear situations like we were, and even worse, our parents were, that fucks up how your brain develops. You know, because it creates all that. Damn, I forgot what it's called. I think it's like cortisol, or I'll think of the word in a minute. It's a chemical thing. It creates a chemical thing, and I'm like, so I'm trying not to be that guy. You know, and I do, I, you know, when we was little, your parents would take you to somebody's house, and if it wasn't no kids there, you better sit somewhere and either watch TV or stare at your hands or some shit, and <laughs> be up. quiet. Don't, <laughs> look, don't look at the adults talking, or as they would say, don't be in grown folks' mouth. You know, don't look at us while we're talking. You can stare at the wall and listen, but don't just be there, and definitely don't hop in that fucking conversation. <laughs> if anything, go play on the copyways. But yeah. I, I am a person, okay. If we're at home playing and you're over here and my son is here, I don't care if he's being a little loud over here or over there. Right. But if he was sitting down, like, trying to hop in the conversation in the, on some adult shit, There's I'd, be a like, line. I'd be like, hold up, bro. You need to go outside and play. We talking about big man stuff. Now, when he hit, like, 15, I'm going to bring him in the fold. Yeah. You know, we're going to initiate him. But at this age, you know, now, if we're, let's say, at a meeting or an HOA meeting, now it's coming in a little stronger. Yeah. You may just need to sit your ass down with a book. Yeah. And be quiet. Head and, down. <laughs> and you need some raise your hand because now we're in public, yeah. which is home training. I think home training is about 99% fucking gone in America. If yes. we had home training, a lot of kids wouldn't be getting attacked by cops. If cops had training, that would be the same thing too. But I'm always a firm believer that, and I said this on episode seven, 
if we ultra invest in our children, they will never be in a position to get fucked up by anybody. Yeah. Because A, they will understand how to deal with these people in authority. Yeah. They will understand the situation. A lot of kids, we're never taught what's going on. We're never taught the constitution, the law, how to interact with officers, how to speak. Sometimes you got to just like, you got to submit sometimes. I mean, you can't constantly like, officer, for what reason am I you know, yeah, being questioned? It's, yeah, it's like you got to pick your battles. You know, you, and you I, posted that video about the Tuscaloosa shit, which, right? Which one was that? The college kids got pulled out of the apartment for the noise complaint. That was fucked up. Dude. Every time I watch one of those videos, my stomach just turns. It's a police state shit, man. Because I'm like, first of all, I never saw a warrant, so they can't cross the threshold. I don't know. See, that's the problem with me is I don't know all that but shit. But you got the Patriot Act and shit now, though. But I'm I think a tall that's white more guy. I don't, I don't have to, like, I can just be like, yes, sir. Those officer, kids was white, that, too, though. Yeah, but they was were. Was they white? Yeah, they were white, but they were, like. They were being confrontational. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Here's the problem, though. Those kids were exemplifying America. Which you yeah. can't just come and pull me out of my fucking house, man. Yep. You're not the king. That's true. You have to show warrant. I own uh, Black's Law, fucking the Fifth Amendment and the Fourth Amendment. You know, you can't. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking uh, the Fourth Amendment, illegal search and siege. Yeah, illegal um, search. Without a warrant, signed by a judge, backed by a witness. Well, those, I mean, those cops should be getting in trouble once they, the yeah, investigation they will be. Be completed. But here's the scary thing. I don't want to fucking get tased and bam first. Yeah. I don't want my shoulder dislocated before you get in trouble. And the kid had his hands up and they're sticking a yeah. taser in his neck. Why does the taser have to go well, in his your neck? Because bitch, that'll kill you. <laughs> and that's probably going to cause future damage, man. So my thing is, is it, that's what scares me. Because, you know, I did the whole Aboriginal Moorish thing. But then I was like, I can't really invoke these things that I'm trying to do. Because you need to have a community of people to back you. Yeah. Like, they will just lock your ass up and say, you're crazy. I don't know what the fuck you're talking Thank about. Thank God for camera phones, right? And now you know it's illegal. Because, like, that girl that recorded the girl getting slung across the room by the cop, she got arrested. $1,000 bond. It's illegal to record. No, it's not illegal. In North to Carolina. Oh, shit. It's illegal to record police. Because that's official police business. Don't and ever she fucking live in North Carolina. In North Carolina. <laughs> but here's my thing. That's freedom of speech. Yeah. To record, it's a freedom of speech. But what's scary is, is why do you not want me to record what you're doing to me? If you're not doing anything wrong. You're, as I, the police officer. As the police officer, you work for me. Yeah. So how are you doing this to me? Yeah. You know. Well, I think you've got to establish as like, you know, the person that's being spoken to by the cop. I think you got to establish that you do have respect for them yeah. up front. But you also got to establish the fact that. Hey, don't don't fuck with me. But yeah. I, I respect you. But don't, don't let's let's not take this to a, a shitty level, you know. And it and it helps if you know what's going on. Yeah. Like, so you, hey, officer, how you doing? Why am I being detained? Right. Oh, may I have your license and registration? Yes, sir. You may. May I please have your uh, uh, badge and bond number, please? Also. Yeah. You know, because you're gonna verify who I am. Cool. Can I verify who you are? Because the Florida State Constitution says all officers will be bonded to the Florida State Constitution. Yeah. Meaning, if you violate the Florida State Constitution in an interaction with me, I can sue against that bond. The money's already there for if you fuck up. The oh, question nice. is, is most people don't know that. They don't read their state statutes. Oh, nobody, nobody That's a state statute. Their bond, their, their, uh, their, their oath is to uphold the Florida State Constitution and the United States Constitution. Those are the supreme laws of the land bills ordinances this that and the fucking other that's not the supreme law of the land that's something put forth by municipalities 
because we sign agreements with these municipalities to be under their jurisdiction. Driver's license. You signed it. You signed a contract to be contract. under their, their uh, jurisdiction. So you signed up for that. Mm-hmm. That's why you'll see people not give them the license because that's the contract. And then when you talk to them, you've just conceded to do business because it's a traffic violation. What does traffic mean? To buy or sell goods. Right. And they can regulate commerce. They can't regulate travel. They yep. can regulate commerce. So they don't say where you're tra- traveling to with your guests. They say you're trafficking. You're a driver. That's a passenger. Those are commerce. There's a taxi driver. The taxi driver has a passenger. Man. We went too deep that yeah, way. Yeah, 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 so yeah. bottom line <laughs> is, you got to ultra invest in your kids, man. Yes. Because if we do that, they won't be in these situations. And now, like I said, I'm progressive. I don't think, I don't really believe in over spanking my kids. I don't think spanking is the answer. I don't really even turn to spanking unless you've done something that could get you killed and I told you not to. Right. If I say don't run in the street and I see you in the street and a car scratches and almost hit you, you may get fucked up. Yeah, well, it's an elevated emotion. You can't really emotion be held like, accountable for And it's like, you almost killed yourself. So if anybody hurts you, I'm going to fuck them up. You almost hurt yourself. I may have to fuck you up a little bit. You, know, <laughs> you hurt <bill>. yourself. <laughs> so because, you, you know. a lot of money riding on you. <laughs> yeah, you know, but because my thing is, okay, you spill some water. I told you not to do it. That's I'm not going to pop you for that. I'm going to talk to you, make you go sit down somewhere and clean the shit up. Right. You know, because. I realized that, hey, I'm a real big dude, and I don't want to be popping on this little person and coming off like this domineering asshole. Right. You know, I'm not so afraid like I think my parents were and their parents were, and even before them, just due to the racial situation of being a black male, of if he gets in trouble, he could get killed. Well, the next challenge for you comes when he stops, not stops, but starts to wane on his respect for you. Yeah, or starts to challenge me, like it's his musk. They'll be challenging you know, that nuts. nine, ten, eleven, twelve, especially if he's gonna be as big as you. Once he gets to be about five, five and a half foot tall, he's like, All right, you're not looking as big anymore. So he's looking at me instead of up to me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Cause he's he's gonna start. And it's it's natural, they say. <laughs> it's natural. And I guess to a degree you want it because you want the because you gotta think the first girl a boy loves is his mama. The first man a girl loves is her father. The first girl a girl has an argument with is her mama and vice versa. So we're our kids first in everything. So the first man he stands up to is going to be his dad. (laughs) And you kind of want that because you don't want to push over kid. Yeah, you got you got to build a little fire. Yeah, and that's why I don't get mad at everything. I'm like, okay, you're standing up to me. All right, I like that. You know, you can use that in the future. Yeah, there'll, there'll come a time where you've got to draw the line. Yeah, and he's not gonna like that. But well, that's why we take. And you're jiu-jitsu. not really gonna like it either. No, I'm not. That's why yeah. I take jujitsu, just in case I have to take him down. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't let him. Yeah, don't train him up too good. Too good. He's gonna whoop your ass. And you're like, damn. I get, I get my blue belt before I start him, yeah. so I'm always a belt above him. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Just give yourself like three years to head start that way, because you know when he's a teenager, he's gonna. Pew, man, yeah, that he gonna talent, grow. Testosterone kicks in. He's on steroids, basically. Yeah. You're gonna get big. Now, here's a question I have for you. You have two different levels of fathership. You're yes. a stepfather and an, an actual father. How did becoming... And I, I was with you when you became a stepfather. Yeah. And I must say, I admired it. Because, you know, at work, we were goof Thank off you. and, you know, be goofy. You're in our 20s and stuff. Playing, and I uh, kind of just saw you four. shift gears. Bam. Yeah, the Connect Four Championship <laughs> <laughs> and shit. But I saw you shift gears. And then, I mean, I remember when you met her. 
I saw you shift gears because you was talking. He was like, man, you know, I, you know, bam, I never felt like this before. And, you know, yeah. butterflies and all this shit. I'm like, damn. Yeah, it happened pretty quick. Yeah, and then boom, boom, bam. And he was like, she got a little guy. And I was like, boom, boom, bam. That wasn't a problem. Boom, boom, bam. So how did that, how did you change becoming a father in the stepfather arena? And then how do you feel like, was it different when you actually had your own son and looked into his eyes? The, uh, the big thing for me was, is like, you know, uh, I don't know how everyone else is raised or whatever but you know we were we were kind of taught like you look for a type of person okay like job Mm -hmm. education you got their own thing Mm -hmm. and shit together yeah got their shit together and you go looking around not to say my wife doesn't have her shit together but you go looking around you're like well i don't see any of these people and all of a sudden this person walks up to you is like hey what are you up to you're like oh something you feel something you know like something something starts growing instantly and you start looking at what they got on and you know what they got going on in your life well that you're like that doesn't match what i was told i need to be looking for but what feel what you feel inside is just something completely different you're like all of a sudden that that car that job that education is like well if that's there great if not like that doesn't matter you know and her having a child was not something that I was told to avoid, but it was kind of implied. You know, it's like, well, I mean, you're a single young guy. Why would you want a, yeah. a girl with a already got a kid? On paper, people it doesn't add up to people on paper. Paper, yeah, yeah. You know, like an arranged marriage. You're like, well, here's we have this guy. He's got this, and this girl's got that. We put them together, and we make this. Oh, that's not the way relationships work. Yeah. And uh, you know, so. When we were we were dating and stuff. It was I was I was always the playful. He's five, you know. There was nothing to discipline or you yeah. Know, it was, it was fun. Like I said, five is the cool down part. Yeah, it was real cool. Now you get into seven and eight, and then uh, I think he was nine when we got married, and that's when I mean it just happened to coincide when you got to start saying, okay, this is real life. You start doing this. Here's your responsibilities. You got chores. You know you got. Oh, you want to play sports? All right. This is how you take sports seriously. You take care of your body. And it got real, real, real Real fast. And it was, I mean, it's just been a, it's been like a a race from the get go since we got married, like trying to keep up, you know, as a parent and your child's born, you grow together and like a, in a, in a marriage where there's a step situation, you're constantly trying to get on the same page. He's growing, you catch up and then. Maybe you like keep going because you think he's still growing, but he stopped a yeah. few, few steps back, and you're like, "Oh shit, I gotta stop and wait on him." You know, with the kid, my son, I feel like we're on the same page, even if he's acting out, and I'm like, or I had a bad day, and it's like, you know, he's irritating me a little bit, or so. I still feel like we're on the same page. Yeah. With the stepchild, it's like you're constantly trying to get on the same page. You're doing the right things for him, and I'm I'm told. 10 to 15 years from now he'll tell me thank you <laughs> but <laughs> i've been told by wise people that a lot of friends that were that were stepkids they're like yeah he'll appreciate it just not going to be for another 20 years so i'm i'm banking on that you know <laughs> yeah you're right i think he will because even as a parent now when i saw my son for the first time mm-hmm. i immediately the first thing that happened is every piece of anything i held against my dad vanished yeah instant th- that would be the great change because i was already a responsible person had my shit together everybody who had ever met me said courtney you'd be a great dad yes. so, so so that and i was already responsible so it didn't make me responsible 
it made me understand my parents better. If I can say having I would, a kid, made, I would completely agree with that. I just let a lot of shit go that I was holding against my dad. I was like, oh, oh. I don't even know if I realized that until you yeah. just said that. I was like, now. oh, he didn't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because when you see your kid, you're like, oh, shit. And then that, it's like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. And it's like, oh, shit, he didn't know. He was just a guy like me, an everyday person doing his thing, and he trying. has a kid. Just trying. And now, as much as I know or as much as I went to school, I don't know because I just saw this thing pop out of her vagina in a bag. I spoke to you that day. I called you on the yeah. phone to congratulate you. And the, the sound of your voice was, it was like, man, I'm, it made me excited to have kids. Not that we were already trying or anything, but I was like, damn, that's going to be great. You know, like, I can't wait for that, yeah. whether it's two, three, four, five years down the road. It sounded great. It was crazy. The first thing I did was call my mom. And I was fine. Baby's born fine, everything. Called my mom. Hey, Court. Boom. Lost, lost it. Lost it. <laughs> lost it on the floor, in the corner, in the hospital. Like, fucking, I haven't cried like that fucking ever. Damn. Yeah. Since I ever. ever. I've never cried to where I'm just on the ground. Like, on the ground. Just like, my body is limp. I'm crying. I can't talk. I was like, just fucking gone. Are you okay? No, I'm not okay. I don't know what's happening right I don't now. What's going on? Yeah, I, 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 you know, I never got that big release when he was born. I, I got, you know, I got teared up. I got excited. I got to, but there was a little bit of a surprise when he was born because with a C-section, you're at what I call the north end zone. Okay. Because, I mean, it's a gnarly procedure. We need to get into that, too. I work in an OR. Okay. Oh, okay. Violet, yeah. So we can get into surgeries and stuff. So, you know, they, they, they lay her open, and then they pull out contents. Are you and, watching this? No, that's what I'm saying. I'm in the north end zone. So they got so the you're drape. The head. Yeah, I'm up our head, and they got a drape up. They, they don't want you to see it. She damn sure didn't want me to see her insides. And I didn't, you know, I don't want to see that either. You don't need the mental image. Not because I can't handle it. It's just because this is my wife. I would like to see her as my wife, not what she looks like on the inside. So, you know, we're sitting there and uh, we had had kind of a, a, an emotional couple of days because there were some problems with uh, the doctors uh, leading up to the surgery. The surgeons were great. But, you know, so, okay, it's happening. It's a relief at this point more than anything because what is going on. And uh, so it's going on, and they're you know they're pulling and tugging, and we're talking. And does I she got move to, like that? When yeah. Oh no, her body is yeah. It's like, uh, uh, yeah, oh she's, yeah. shit, out of but she's it. <laughs> well, she's talking to me, and I'm playing some Marvin Gaye, and it's like yeah, it's kind of chill. Bobby. And uh, the surgeon looks over the drape and goes, because uh, she's had a C-section with the first one. He goes, I uh, I cut cut the same scar, but he's not fitting. You know, and the problem leading up to the surgery was we had not gotten enough uh, enough ultrasounds. So they were not sure of the age of the baby. They, you know, they thought he might have been a couple weeks oh, too okay. early. Not the case. They're like, he's not going to fit out of the... He was big? Always big. He's nine and a half pounds. But he wasn't very long. So he was like a little meatball. So <laughs> <laughs> he was only like 18 and a half or 19 inches. <laughs> And me and my sister were, you know, like 22. Like, yeah, we were okay, long, wow. skinny babies. And uh, they're like, he's not he's not fitting. So we're going to have to make it bigger. And they were just kind of, like, informing us. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool, cool. And they pull him out. And, you know, we're like, okay, here we're going to hear it. You know, right. here it comes. Our son's first cry, you know, or whatever it is. And you're expecting this, like, light, 
you know, heartfelt, like, eh, eh. But it was like, eh, eh. And was like, what the hell? <laughs> he and like, before, oh, he's like angry as shit. And before, like, we knew it, he's bringing him around the drape and he's a monster. And she, they lay him on her chest and he picks his head up and, like, looks at her. And she's like, oh! <laughs> I mean, he was huge. He looked like a little bodybuilder. He was massive. <laughs> Now I, now, I have a question. Here's the thing that I've noticed. I think we're evolving because yeah. kids did not used to be born with their eyes open. When my daughter was born, her head came out. Well, her head comes out, but the bag didn't burst. What happened is she's is, in the sack. Yeah. Nikki's bag split on the top. Okay. So when it contracts, it squeezes water out the top and it comes down and out. So so it works properly. So you see the water's broken, but it's not at the bottom. So the to baby where, comes out. Clean. So it comes out in the bag. So it looked like she had on a spaceship helmet. Or like one of those old diving helmets. So imagine you're sitting there and you know, my I remember my finger was Nikki was holding my hand and she put my finger in her mouth. And I remember screaming, Don't bite my finger, don't bite my finger, don't bite my finger. I was saying, Don't bite my finger oh, so fucking yeah. fast. It sounded like I was speaking African. I was like, don't bite my finger, don't bite my finger, don't bite my Because <laughs> her teeth were she was like, Oh, I was like, don't bite my finger. <laughs> that was sound like a bad move. Bad move. I was so the baby comes out. And her head's in the bag. And even at that point, it's just like her head poking out of the bottom with this bag around it with the fluids. And you see her looking around in the bag, eyes open. I probably were open in there. Yeah, that's probably way more natural than yeah, if but you're coming out with the bag. My mom said when she was little, it would take two weeks for babies to open their eyes. I don't know about that. Yeah, like old school. Maybe there was them country babies, but you're from the country. <laughs> oh, yeah. But actually, like anybody old school asked them, because like, when I talk to old people, they would be like, babies weren't born with their eyes open. It would take some days after for their eyes to like open. Well, like They open now, because now they're born looking around. Like you said, your son picked up his head. That's but, not, you know, they no, weren't doing that 100 years ago. No, 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 <laughs> they weren't. But I also realized, uh, I spoke to my grandmother the other day, and you know, in the in the fifties and sixties, they still smoked in the operating rooms. Doctors, <laughs> doctors would be operating with cigarettes in their mouths. So you think my mother was born? My grandmother had to tell the doctor to put the cigarette out. She was a nurse. She was a little forward thinking. She was like, "No, those things are terrible." And doctors like, "No, you see the commercial? It's good for you." <laughs> now push. And she's like, no, put out the cigarette. And then my mother was born like with an ashtray over in the corner of the operating room. Wow. So and how long ago was that? 58. 1958. Wow. Not that long ago. So you're telling me this man was smoking a cigarette with his hands. And trying which to- is very unsterile, by the way. Because yeah. it's like, you got fucking residue on your fingers while you're delivering a baby. And you know, he's probably, he's probably, really, he's probably holding it in his mouth. Like, all right, come on now, man. Yeah, push it off the side yeah, of his like mouth. He's, yeah, while he's talking, it's like flicking up and down. But, uh, yeah, and then, then the lighting, too. You know, yeah. it's, it, they need a lot of bright lights in an operating room. Oh, so it could or be like a, a delivery squint room. Thing. It could be a squint thing. And then, you know, I always thought that uh, even when my son was born, the lights were really bright in the nursery. I think, what's the purpose? You don't need, I mean, oh. if you got a sick baby and you need some light, that's different. But Yeah. Oh, did you do the thing where every time they took them away, you would go with them? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, but here's some shit I learned. Watch this. Watch this. Why did? Why did? Because you're right. Because first they have to do the vitamin K. Then they want to do hepatitis B. And you have to keep jumping in there and be like, why do they need hepatitis B shot? They ain't finna be fucking nobody. (laughs) Uh, The vitamin K14, I let them do it because they say it helps the blood clot. 
Um, I was hesitant with all those on shots. On the K-14. I was like, why? But I, I didn't do anything else, though. I, we, we did a, our own little shot. You did the record. polio and shit, right? Yeah, yeah, but we didn't do it right then. We waited some months before we even did anything. It doesn't seem right to pump them full of shit right when they're well, born. Well, here's the thing. As long as they're breastfeeding, they get the immunity through the milk. Yes. So you really only have to worry about them getting shit when they come off of the milk. And that's when we started the vaccine regimen. But here we go. Watch this. In the nursery at this particular hospital, they was giving the babies these things and syringes. And they was like, oh, it'll help calm them down. And I was like, what's that? She was like, oh, it's sugar water. And I'm like, you're giving them sugar water because it helps them calm down. So I'm like doing in my mind, well, when does sugar help you calm down? When you go in the insulin shop, right? Because you'll go up and down. And I'm like, well, don't give him no sugar water. Yeah. Don't, God, not every time, even my, don't give her no sugar water. Because I know y'all give them fucking sugar water. People out there. Don't give them no sugar water. I, I'll definitely, at birth. I'll definitely, at birth. I'll definitely ask that question if, uh, because I, I I hadn't heard of that yet, and I God, it's probably an old nurse's trick that they do. But she said, "Oh, maybe it was just that particular water. nurse." It could have been. I hope so. Jesus, it could Christ. have been. But I was like, "That's their first meal, bro." <laughs> and mm. then listen to this shit with my son. Uh, the cord is wrapped around his neck twice. Oh boy! They bust the bag. Right, which made him drop. So he was hanging. I go to Wendy's because they're like, oh, it's going to be way later. So me and her daddy go to Wendy's. Come back. Motherfucking people looking at me like, oh, everything's okay, Mr. Scott. Don't worry. And I'm Don't like, need to worry, but they're panicked. Right, every, what, why is she sweating? Bernadette. Why is Bernadette sweating? And I was like, I know everything's okay. Everything was okay when I left. Going there with Nikki. She's like, oh, you missed it. I'm like, what? She's like, oh, well, they busted the bag. The baby's heart went from like 170 to 60. She was bending up by herself. She hit the button. <gasps> and then they had to pump fluids back into her to float them. Oh, my God. Long story short, she pushed forever because every time she pushed, she would just be choking them. So they had to put the heart monitor on them. And you see the shit drop every time she pushed. The doctor was great, though. So That's incredible that they, they can do, even know that now. Crazy. You know? So, so watch this. So at this point, they're like, well, we need to use this plunger. And then, because we wanted to go natural and shit, but we got the epidural, so it's hard to push with epidural. Research that, people. Don't do it. It's easier without it. Um, <laughs> so they were like, well, can we use this plunger? And everybody's like, dad wants to go natural. And everybody gives me this glare like, and I'm like, hey, use the motherfucking plunger, man. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> use the plunger. Grab it. Sucked onto his head. The guy just pulled him out quick. Boom. Unwrap, unwrap those things. The cord from around his neck and he was fine. Thank but God. because that's she, one of my worst fears every like my wife would be like sitting there and you know the baby doesn't move for a while i'm like do you think the umbilical cord's wrapped around her neck she's like no that never happens i'm like yeah but do you think <laughs> it does but as long as they're floating it's okay because i know i crazy. think both of my kids were and it's okay as long as they're floating right yeah yeah it's just when they when the water's going and they start to drop it's just like a hangman stand that we, makes me feel better yeah but I mean, but they know, and they can always do it. The best thing to do is before they do it, do a ultrasound to see because they can just see it. Yeah, you know. But because she was so hot from pushing for twelve hours, they made him take a antibiotic immediately after birth, and I fucking didn't want to do that, man, because that kills all of his natural antibodies right yeah. off the fucking cuff, and now yeah. he has allergies and all kind of shit, and I think it's related. Probably um, is. 
But, because uh, yeah. I was like, why do we have to do that? And it was like, well, mom was hot. And I'm like, fucking, she ain't eating 24 hours and she been pushing for 12, man. Of course she's fucking hot. Yeah, she I would be like hot shit. too from fucking convulsing my abdomen for, do a thousand crunches and see if you're not hot. Or just crunches constantly for 12 yeah. hours. And see, see if you're not fucking hot. See how hot. you feel. <laughs> you know, she has a fever. Bitch, I have a fever too. She just gave, had a baby. She's not sick. I know. Yeah, but, it's, um, they, they're quick to pump shit inside of you. Because that's a bill. Yeah, oh, it's a, it's a line item. Man, they will give you drugs, man. She was in so much pain. And then they gave her some something, and she wanted to play games. She was like, oh, get, get the scrub a lot. I was like, fuck, can I get some of that too? Yeah. Because you just went from, like, getting ready to kill me, like, don't fucking talk to me, to, hey, you want to you wanna play the game over there? Court, go grab it. I was like, shit, what was that? Never played Scrabble in your life. In your life. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what the fuck was that? That shit, that was that bomb. So you're 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 basically a we have basically the same job. Yeah. You're you're a biomed. I am a biomed repair technician. I fix MRI coils for people who die. No, I know you know because you work there. If you get an MRI, you have a gigantic magnet in a bed, and you have that thing they put on your arm, leg, wrist, ankle. I fix those things. Yeah. You yeah. you work at what's called a repair depot or like yeah. the, the manufacturer. Yeah. You know, when they send it in to fix, that's where you work. You work at yeah. that site. I, I do a, a similar job, electronics technician, biomedical electronics technician to be exact, but I do it in a hospital. There's okay. field service, there's the hospital side, and then there's also what you do, the, the uh, depot repair. But I'm trying to get into a hospital. Yeah. Holla at me, Shans. Holla yeah. at me. Y'all know somebody. <laughs> you can have Colin on, too. He's Dude, he is a character. He'd be great. Oh, well, tell him. I need to get him on anyway. Yeah. Review my application, but... uh. <laughs> I need to get him on. So I work. I work in the OR environment. And okay, uh, wow. So you're actually seeing operations. Now, how does that work? Just bring me back again, because I'm interested in this. Because a, I want the job. So, like, are you? Do you just like do maintenance, cleaning, or do you actually open it and do what we do at Invivo and replace components? Both. Yeah, okay. we we in the field or in you know the field would be a, a field service engineer who drives around. Or even in the hospital, I guess technically, technically it's called the field. We don't really do a lot of component level replacements. It's typically the lowest we go is the board. Okay, and you, you know send those boards we used to build. Yeah, remember that shit? Yeah, like we would buy those boards okay. and. So and, you like board swap, like big big pieces? Yeah, I mean, you know, depending on the machine, the board could be small, but yeah, like that's that's about as low as we go. We're not replacing capacitors or resistors and this and, yeah. and that. A you few, just, maybe a fuse. Yeah, but it makes sense to just replace the whole board versus breaking but out a fucking they, soldering iron and all that. But they that. don't offer. I mean, it's you don't really have time. The the industry set up nowadays where you don't really have time to sit down, pull out and a troubleshoot. Troubleshoot, you know, follow the power through the circuit. It, it just doesn't work like that. It's anymore. like something bad here. Replace it. Does it work now? Yeah. So I I, I started out uh, locally after I graduated Santa Fe College um, with a local company and ended up going to Jacksonville with a larger company and a larger uh, and being based in a hospital. When I started out here as field service and. Uh, you know, in Jacksonville, at the hospitals I worked at, they didn't really do a lot of extensive surgeries. Um, you know, I mean, they did like, I don't even know. I wasn't actually in the OR. But now that I'm at Emory, uh, the surgeries are like lung transplants, heart transplants. Uh, I, you know, I walked in. A lung, one of, a lung transplant? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's a machine that they connect you to. Uh, that breathes for you and also 
acts as your heart. It's a heart lung machine as as a you know like a just a generic term for it, but it uh, it will circulate your blood for you. It so, acts as your heart at, while they're swapping out your actual wow. heart. And you've looked in people's cavities? Oh, I've gotten a call on an anesthesia machine and been within three feet of a guy's pried open chest while his heart so, is beating, and I watch it stop, they remove it, and I'm like working on a machine off to the side there. And is this the machine like they're using at the time? Yeah, the anesthesia machine that's <clears throat> got the guy so, asleep. So what you're saying is that <laughs> while this machine is handling this guy's life, you're servicing it. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. So, so it's a little bit of pressure. There's, it can be, especially if the surgeon's pissed off. Because I'm just thinking, like, is it a situation where if you fuck up, or do they have a backup uh, machine yeah, in the room? Yeah, there's always fail-safes on a lot of the equipment. You okay. know, on an anesthesia machine, if the ventilator fails, there's a bag. That you can just that, hand do Yeah, it. the anesthesiologist would just squeeze the bag, okay. and that, that administers the breath. Okay, so there's always there's a way always that you a can fail, manually work around. There's always a fail-safe on the, on the, the critical stuff, yeah. Okay, so I mean, I'm like, man, that seems like nerve-wracking. It can be. Uh, I had to swap out a pump on a heart-lung machine the other day. While In action? Was, while the patient was on the table, the blood was circulating through the other three pumps. Like, right, I'm reaching through, like, a web of tubing that is pumping this guy's blood to and from his body. Uh, that was probably the, the highest-pressure situation I've been in a long time. Wow. It was a real easy swap. Like, once we got it done, looking back at it, it was like, okay. But, no, but walking in, and they go, this pump's dead. You're like, oh, shit. Now, <laughs> and you see, like, what's happening. You get it. Oh, so it's like a situation where that wasn't scheduled. It died, and then they call oh, you stat, it, it and you got to get your ass there. Yeah, it failed. It, it had a board failure. The pump just absolutely quit. It was intense. Now, like I, when I first started there, I, I picked up on you know that they do serious surgeries because they had heart rooms. It's like oh shit, you know you hear you working in, a, in the environment, you hear the word like heart room. You're like okay, they they don't fuck around in those rooms. You go in those rooms, you're not in good shape, you know. Uh, but one of the first rooms I, I walked not in good shape. One of the first rooms I walked into when I first started there. They had just completed an amputation of this guy's leg, and like the surgeon turned around and had the foot and lower leg in his hand as I was walking in I was like oh shit <laughs> oh yeah man. so I've like over this last six months man I've seen a lot of shit that I haven't seen um I've, does that affect you yeah like I mean like cause I mean it's not like a horror movie but like do you ever does it ever like get in your mind and shit in a negative way just seeing amputated uh, yeah, body wake, parts and shit yeah I don't I don't wake up uh, with nightmares or anything like that but it changes your perspective on shit, you know. Like you know, my son falls down and scrapes his head pretty bad or something. Uh, I'm not gonna be like crying and screaming. Yeah, because you, know, you know the level. Oh yeah, I mean when I went, we when we first moved up to to Georgia, my stepson fell on the skateboard and messed himself up pretty good. Like his hand was, you could see the meat and stuff. Mm. And most people would have, my wife included, freaked out. Probably would have wanted to go to the emergency room, but yeah. I got the gauze, I got the saline, got all the uh, got, got right. all the gravel out, scrubbed got, it. Yeah, got to talk him down while he's going through it. You know, it's yeah. a lot of pain. Talking through the pain. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, I think I have grown from it as far as like maybe a little calloused when it comes to blood and guts and stuff. I don't think I get as, as squeamish anymore. It's probably 
not the best thing, but it's definitely not a bad thing. It's reality, bro. It's reality. Because we are neutered as a, and I'm not gonna go on another rant. Right, right, but, right. Um, we're neutered. Like we don't see our food sacrificed. We don't grow right. our own food. We don't see the carnage of the war we've been in for fourteen years. So yeah. for you to see the truth, like, you know, this is that's seeing mortality. You wanna talk about truth. What I see is obesity. That's what I see. Talk to me about obesity a bit, dog. Oh, uh, I would say 80 to 90% of the people on the tables are huge. Huge. When I went yeah. to Pennsylvania, I had to take my nieces. My or nie- old. My wife's huge or old. uncle to the hospital. <laughs> Their fucking chairs are like that cushion and half of that one. It's like a love seat. And yeah, like, it's and like all the chairs. Of a love seat. Because they make it accessible for everybody. Listen, this man is getting stitched up. I'm, you see how big I am? I'm six foot, 315 pounds. I was laid in that bitch sideways, feet up, gone, sleep. Yeah. Comfortably. Somebody can barely fit in it. Somebody can barely fit in it. And it was the wheelchair I was in. I was in that bitch sleeping, son, laid sideways. So as a field engineer, mm-hmm. technician, I guess I should say. Some people say engineer. I don't get it. But as a field technician, one of the equip- uh, pieces of equipment in a hospital is a patient lift. Now, you would think, oh, excuse me. That's okay. You would think that's okay. This is for immobile people, handicapped yeah. people who don't have any legs, people that know like comas and shit, broken know. bodies. Like you know, get a car accident, got head to toe cast. That you know, shit you see in a movie. No, it's for people that are bigger than you've ever seen. I mean, we have lifts in hospitals that have a thousand pound like pulling capacity. Thousand pound pulling capacity but you know you gotta and there's have patients that. they can't lift with a thousand pounds with there's people thousand. that weigh over a rack yeah yeah that's I mean, scary that's very fuck, rare bro. that's very rare that's rare but it's but scary it man that's scary as shit because you have to ask yourself how do you get to where you weigh more than a rack you know it's a it's a complex situation uh, you know how does that happen that's so scary. And then, what are those people with a lot of the heart issues? Well, they've got everything. Apnea. Yeah. I know. I know you probably. I know they all have apnea. The first time I learned about apnea, a friend of mine had self choking. That shit is so scary to watch. Cause I was at. I was. You know. I'm not gonna give out who it was, but I was at a place and a person would sleep on a couch, and you know, every now and then they would be breathing and they would just go. Yeah, you're like, wait, they weren't breathing for the last 30. And then I catch him falling asleep. And they kept doing it. I was like, hey, man, do we need to wake him up? He's like, no, that's just how he sleeps. I was like, fucking dude, I have so much anxiety right now. Yeah. I can't do this. Like, I got to get out of here, man, because I feel like I can't. I'm like, that's so scary to be around. But anyways, back to you. One so of, you're seeing a lot of heavyweight people on the are operating majority tables. of the patients. Yeah, you're, you're in, the, in the operating rooms, the, the majority of people, I would say by far, are elderly and you know that's not really anything nothing you can do about it not most of the time right and then obesity yeah like it's just i think that just it causes problems you know like everything yeah and 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 there's no way of i don't i'm not going to say like obesity is a disease but you know i i think it's a such a complex situation that causes someone to weigh four or five, six hundred pounds. I think it's emotional and psychological more than anything. Else. I think it's everything. I think it's it goes back to what we were talking about, raising your kids with like discipline and the ability to control your 
you know, your emotions and not overeat or yeah. stress eat. And what food represents to a person. And if you get disappointed, like deal with it. You know, like if, if you don't get a job, okay, you didn't get the job. Move on to the next one. Don't go eat like a gallon of ice cream. And, and all of a sudden, like every disappointment results in overeating. Yeah. You know, but I think that can happen pretty quickly. And then, you know, lack of exercise. You got to teach your kids to be active. I think I, I think it's a building of 10, 20 years to, to reach that that level to where you like you have the capacity to become a 600 pound person. I don't think it's. Yeah, you just don't wake up at 600 pounds. Like yeah. 600 pounds, you worked on that shit. We, uh, it takes effort. We had a, uh, there was a particular piece of equipment we were supposed to go watch one day in Jacksonville and figure out how they use it so we can understand how to you know when we're doing repairs like okay this kind of damage or uh breakage can occur when he's doing this part of the procedure with this particular piece of equipment it was a hip replacement okay and uh that was uh that was eye-opening because uh the doctor comes in and he's irish and just like <laughs> talking like a leprechaun or, you know whatever like it was it was so and he's like <laughs> talking like a leprechaun you think like you hear what i've done in the last few years and you're like okay well, this probably calloused you a little bit you're like you know a little numb surgeons and nurses in operating rooms are just like nothing phases them so he walks in and this lady's big and he's like ah it's a big girl and he like like slaps her on the ass like not on the ass but like on the hip yeah get that vibration like, all right let's go and he just starts no cut. was she out yeah yeah oh yeah oh okay yeah, yeah. No, like, damn he's a thug hey girl pow. slap that oh. ass get on the table cut your hip out <laughs> so he starts cutting and i see the fat it's i mean um, it's it's probably seven inches deep. deep was it was it viscous or like like what was it like yellow like, oh it was yellow fat that's, that's what, that killer shit. No, that's what all of it looks like. You see anybody that's got like good fat on them, like it's a large brown, amount? Isn't it? It, it's yellow, like a deep yellow, and it is disgusting looking. You know, like that little piece. You get a chicken breast. Yeah. And you cut. You trim yeah, off. Yeah, like on that thigh. That that yeah that part you cut off and throw you, away. Yeah, it's but it's like massive amounts Dense. of it. It's disgusting. That that is that's the grossest thing to okay, me. Okay, because I think see. it's a couple of different kind of fats. It's like that white fat, the yellow fat, and they say the brown fat is the best fat, but we don't really make it anymore. Yeah, we probably because of air conditioning and shit. <laughs> they really, they said because we don't have to be out in the elements. They say it comes from like cold and heat. Your body creates that fat because you can burn it real quick. Yeah. But being that we're in air conditioned and conditioned rooms, we don't make it anymore. We just sit on a couch like this all day. Yeah. But so so he cuts her open and um and that's the first thing that hits me is like, oh my god, that's what body fat looks like. This was years ago. I was like, that is fucking gross. Oh, it's like the food ink of fats. Yeah, of like life work, you know, it's just like, okay. So he starts working and he's cutting her with a an ESU, which is electrosurgical unit. And if you don't know how that works, I don't. Do, do you know what a, a MIG welder is? I know, like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of seeing what you're talking so, about now. So yeah. with a wel- this particular type of welder, you got a power generator. Mm-hmm. You've got a grounding cable that comes off. And in this instant, it's a pad that sticks to the patient. And then in your other hand, you've got a, a pen or some sort of instrument to where you, when you push that button, that generator completes that circuit, circuit and it cuts and cauterizes or coagulates at the same time at the same time whatever nice. you dial in the power you dial in the type of spray of electricity but it cuts the skin and the meat and the tissue with electricity and it's, cauterizes so it doesn't bleed yes 
Yes, exactly. So he's just like, <laughs> it's like filleting oh. a fish, right? Yeah, there's no except blood. there's a smell. Oh, because you're cooking human flesh constantly. So you smell this. So you smell cooking human flesh and every day at work. You smell it. Smell it. Are you immune to it yet? I hate it. No, it's disgusting. It's Does one it get it's, in your clothes and shit. No, it's not like it's not like working at a like a, <laughs> a chicken fried <laughs> chicken place. <laughs> Are you going home smelling that, like that? I did do. God, that was that it's was definitely like worse. Yeah, it was. Like a, it's called fryers, I think. But yeah, so he's cutting her, and uh, I'm just admiring this ESU thing. I'm like, man, this is probably one of like the best creations humans have ever made. You know, we've done a lot of cool shit, but this thing, you can cut someone and they won't bleed to death. You can go in, remove, or add something to save their life. This is amazing. Next comes the power tools. And we're talking air power, like air tools. You know, like Pneumatic stuff? Uh, yeah, pneumatic. Absolutely. I worked in a, a, I'm sorry, I grew up in a mechanic shop. My dad was a mechanic. Have you ever heard like an impact wrench? Yeah. And it's. That's a lot of power in that. Yeah. We use that on the human body. To do what? In surgeries. All sorts of shit. And this one, in this particular case, it was a chisel to remove the the ball and the hip. So it's just like two little prongs. So he's jackhammering this guy's hip. Yeah. And pop! Out shoots her and he grabs it. Pop! Just catches it in his hand. You mean the ball went up in the air? Yeah, and this guy like he did it. it on purpose. He had done that shit so many fucking times. He's like, he made it pop out pop, like that, and he was like, caught it. He's like the Conor McGregor yeah. of surgery. He's, he's like, just cocky hey. with it. <laughs> like throws it behind his back to the nurse. They're like doing like little trick shots. He shoots it in the trash can. No, he didn't do that. But at that point, we were like, okay, that was enough for us. We were still, you know, only a few years in. We were a little green, and that was one of our first OR experiences. Me and my partner. And he like, you know, we got masks on, we got we got hats, we got gloves, you know, we got the whole attire. We're standing okay, in the corner. scrubbed out and everything. Yeah, and as as you're, if you're not in the surgery, you're not in the sterile field. Mm-hmm. You're, you're probably standing further away. Uh, we're standing there, and that hit ball pops out, and my buddy goes, oh, and just turns his head, and I said, okay, maybe it's time for us to go. Yeah. That was a good learning experience. Yeah. That's about shit. Just got real. Yeah. <laughs> Shit just got real. A human hip bone just popped out, and this motherfucker just caught it. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know I was going to see this in my life. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't. When you're in school, you get, you get like, spoon-fed the theory. You get spoon-fed, well, this is what it's like. And, you know, that professor, if they've ever done that job, hasn't done it in probably 10 or 20 years. years. And God knows you know how fast your job changes on a weekly basis. Daily basis. Imagine leaving your job, coming back 10 years later, trying to do the exact same thing. They'd be like, uh, you need to you yeah, need to leave. The equipment has changed. The procedures Everything's have changed, changed. The standards have changed. So in school, our focus was component level. Don't do that anymore. Yep. It was on equipment that doesn't even really exist anymore. Because all the stuff that we had was donated from hospitals. So when they donate something, they buy new shit. So this equipment had been donated years before. (laughs) So the equipment was out out of date. So I get out into the real world and I'm like, holy shit. You know, customer service, first of all, that's what you got to teach your kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, customer service is everything. If you can establish a relationship in no matter what you do, you get forgiveness when you make mistakes. You get the ability to get away with stuff that you may not be able to get loyalty. away with. You get loyalty. Oh, my god! I'm going to tell you something. Since you brought that up, not going to tangent again because I love where our conversation is going. But managers 
when I worked at Nationwide Insurance, they taught us that as a manager, Courtney, you are my customer. Because Nationwide is all about customer service. Yeah. I mean, they indoctrinate you on purpose about customer service. Right. So our customers were the members because Nationwide has members, not customers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My supervisor, I was his customer. So every day, Courtney, how's it going? Do you have the tools you need to succeed today? What are your goals? How can we help you? That is the customer service. Damn. Now, I can't say that places that I've went since then are <laughs> emulating the same level of customer service to me. I but, think that's pretty rare. But like when you said we have to teach our kids customer service, that's the truth. Because in a way, my son, my son is my customer, you know, yeah. so I have to give him good customer service, you know, because he didn't ask to be my customer. I made him my customer, yeah. you know, in every different level. So for you as a tech, do you who is your customer? The surgeon, the hospital, the patient, all the above? All the above. Uh, specifically where I'm at now, we uh, we typically just as an OR biomed, uh, we we'll get a call. You know, it's kind of like, hey, this is broken. This is the problem. We respond to that person directly, uh, and. Typically, that goes through a certain department, the anesthesia department. They've got this is the way they got it set up. There is a nurse will call from the room. They call uh, the work desk, the dispatch desk, mm-hmm. and then they'll call us. Dispatch also does a ton of other different stuff. Just one of the responsibilities they handle is is calling from the room for them. Because if the nurses are in the room, more than likely they need to focus on their customer, what they're the patient. Doing. Yeah. So what we do is we come in and say, "Look, you focus on the patient. Let me handle this." And that's, that's something that I need to use more often than I do, because a lot of the time people like to tell you, well, this is what, this is what's wrong with it. Not what happened. They need to tell me what happened. What did you see? What did you hear? Like what happened with the equipment? Don't tell me there's a short. They're trying to diagnose what you just need. There's a short somewhere. That's what we hear all the time. You know what a short is. Yeah. It drives me insane. Yeah. Do you know what a short even is? I want to ask them that. Really, it's an open yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, it's short, probably shorted out. If it's short, really, where a breaker would be tripped somewhere, <laughs> exactly, okay. or the and thing some, would be on fire, yeah. or you know, like something. what you have is an open circuit, so it stopped working. A short, you would be seeing smoke. Yeah, fire, you know? you'd be electrocuted by touching <laughs> it. You know, like who knows? shit would be bad if it was a short. Yeah. Uh, so we get called from the anesthesia department. You know, we go up, and typically, I've got to deal with more than one person when I'm when I'm dealing with a repair so that's that's where that communication comes in you know I appreciate that from my father who like is a business owner mechanic out east of here um 20 miles or so family business been around since the 40s represent out there by Bo's place Bo did by Bo's place represent we were talking earlier I just can't believe that I had the opportunity to as a child to hang out with Bo Diddley yeah and bring it full circle quick story uh your dad Took both digitally, aka Scott Free Skin Tight, yeah. out mudding on his 21st birthday, and Scott was the first guest on the show. Yeah, yeah. Scott's a good dude, and uh, I guess he met my dad through Bo. It was a, I guess that was in the 70s, right? Yeah. Whew, man. Yeah. But it's funny how everything is full circle, man. It's all full circle. Yeah, and there's that, uh, I sent you that picture of that mug. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Bo did pottery and painting. He he did pottery. He made my grandfather a mug, a coffee mug, and on the on the bottom of it, my dad still got it sitting on the shelf in his shop into some old like 
Andy Griffith looking shit, black and white, <laughs> like type setting. Uh, it says two buddy match it from Bo Diddley, nineteen eighty. Boom. Yeah, five years before I was born, and two years before my grandfather died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's, it's you know little small towns have interesting history. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I, I got that's 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 what I appreciate about my childhood is mm-hmm. is that small town uh, aspect was, where I was taught. You, you look a customer in the eye, you tell them, you communicate with them, you tell them the problem, you be honest, you fix their problem, and then you expect to be paid for it. Yeah, and everybody honors their word. Uh, not so much. Sure. No. I mean, yeah. I, ideally, ideally, yeah. ideally yeah. everyone in their handshake means something. That's, that's like, you know, I think that's the big shock going into the real world is if you're raised... Correctly. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking liars out there. Yeah, <laughs> you get out. And you're like, wait, you guys weren't raised to honor, you know, honor your it's like own. You word. just said that a minute ago. You're fucking lying. Yeah, it's wait, like you're really lying. People lie all the fucking time. What the hell? Yeah, so it's crazy, man. But like you said, that's why ultimately we have to invest in our kids. Be like you said, be there the time. Yes, absolutely. And just explain everything to them. But it's ten thirty-five, so we are about at the end of this one. You got to come back because I feel like we didn't even. It almost feel like we didn't even get started, but we got so much. Good I could stuff do this shit there. for days, man. Yeah. Oh, I'll come back. I'll yeah, be. I'll be back. back in December. And tell them about. I usually tell people to plug their contacts, but I don't know if you want to be contacted by just random people. But nah, nah. You can plug your plug whatever you want to plug. But definitely tell them about the podcast you're trying to do. Oh yeah, well we haven't we haven't even gotten that off the ground yet, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that okay. off. Oh, that's still yeah. in the developmental phase. Yeah, but my, I, I will say my wife's got a uh, uh, an online shop that she's been uh, building over the last several months. And Drop it, them links. Start to, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a uh, Left Bank Studio. It's a vintage clothing shop on Etsy. Uh, she's on Instagram at I think it's at Left Bank Studios. I should have gotten that for before I came, but you know how that happens. Well, you can text it to me. I do an intro and an outro. Okay. So I can just put it in the intro and outro, and then if you give me the links, I'll put the links on the website. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's all right. Here it is. It's Left Bank Studio on Instagram, and then she's got the link to her shop in there. And if you get on Instagram, you can check out all of her all of her inventory, and she's got some cool photos and shit. But I'm really proud of her for that, man. You know, she's uh, she's making something out of nothing, and I, I have more respect for people that do that than do you know what I did and go to school, get a job. Yeah. And worked that nine to five. She's able to be creative and build something that just literally three months ago did not exist. And now all of a sudden our house is full of old clothes. And that's what <laughs> we like to call the American dream. And it's really well done too. You know, yeah. you look at it, it's 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 professional. And like I say, that's the American dream. And that's that's what I love about the podcast, you know. Any of that's us That's what I respect about you, man. You've always done like you've had that job. But you also have my look. You my make passions, shit out of nothing. Yeah. My passions like the music, the band, the this, the that. You gotta have an outlet for your energy, man. Because yes. if you do not, you will get ate up. And I know me, like I said, I'm a little compulsive and a little HD. I don't have attention deficit, but I definitely have hyper disorder. So I have to go, 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 push, push, push. And if I'm not doing something, that's when I don't. I don't get depressed. But I'm not my happiest if yeah. I'm not creating. You yeah. know, I'm a creator. Being busy. We are we are man, male and female. We are man and we are creators because we're made in God's image. But we're not going to go super <laughs> deep on that, people. But hey, shout out. Get at my man, Kale. Thank you for coming, my Thank brother. Thank you for having me, man. I know we talked about everything. And you know what? I like this podcast because it didn't have a central topic. But we talked about shit that matters to us. 
Yeah. And I like that one. So I think that's who this, we are, fathers. Yeah, we're fathers. Yeah. We're people that's working. We're people that have opinions. We're the new America in this ass. I think we're also like a, a little traditional man, you know, in, in a way. Yeah. It's, I think that's kind of going away in a sense. Yeah, the good old-fashioned. Man who sticks around. The man, man who does. sticks around. <laughs> man of his word. Man yeah. who's not afraid or running away from the fact that he has testosterone. And sometimes you make mistakes. That's and another part of it. You gotta learn and grow and evolve. But to all the people out there, have a nice one. We'll holler at you next time. Deuces! I got faded tattoos. I got holes in my shoes. Got a beat up guitar. And I can show single blues. And it's hard every day. But I'm still gonna. Well, there you have it. Episode 10. Got talk. Yeah. Man, big shout out to Kel for coming through and putting it down, hollering at us, you know, giving us some different perspectives on different aspects of different things, like vasectomies. But uh, yeah, so next episode, episode 11, I think I'm going to drop. Um, I don't know. I'm going to leave that up as a surprise because I got a couple of them in the cans. So we're going to leave that as a surprise. But until then, feel free to share this episode on, you know, whatever social media you use. Definitely tell anybody you know, come to the website, www.tellmethetruth-podcast.com. Share that link. Hit my man E. Youngin' up on Sky High TV. Learn about all the different situations going on with what he's doing over there his movement check out raw sits too because i'm trying to tell you raw sits episode may be the most controversial interesting and compelling episode we've done so far in our little 10 episode run but yeah like i said come to the website check us out on itunes please leave a review because that's the only way we can make the show better that's also the only way we can actually get some type of charting and you know statistical information from itunes being that that's like the leading podcast distributor out there so at any rate shout out again to kel for coming through what time is it? it's 9 24 on monday so so this is live you should be listening to this by 10 o'clock at the earliest uh as you can see i got my little man out here with me because it's thanksgiving weekend and hey there's no school want to say hey to the people court no okay all right so here we go let's do it so fresh so clean and remember if you can't tell the truth don't talk about it peace Teddy, Pendergrass, cooler than Freddie Jackson, sipping a milkshake in a snowstorm. That's
throat warm in the dorm room at the AU. We blew hay to athletes might cake you, but you must have been mistaken with them statements that you make, huh?